I'm grateful to the guys on Energetic Forum critiquing, critically critiquing my claims, my speculative claims, because it helps me think further and intuit further about this subject of the Sierra Leone device. Now, in the Eiselstein um, article, that fellow uh, described what Amon did to demonstrate the application of his power unit that was somewhere else in the vicinity, either the attic or the uh, basement, um, whatever. He didn't really specify. He said he threw down an iron coil onto the table and some iron rebar on top of the coil. And then he connected the two terminals of that coil to a door buzzer, and it buzzed with ferocity because there was also some arcing of excess voltage taking place in evidence when he made the connection, and the buzz buzzer worked fine. Now, why iron coil? Because he's receiving it, but is that how he transmits it? Looking at the circuit overall that I am suggesting, it becomes obvious to me there are several different uh, segments of pathways that are in the proximity of the circuit but outside the circuit that completes additional loops or you know circuit, circuit loops that are not in the circuit itself. One was the space between the spheres, but there's another one between the aluminum sheets that may or may not be dielectrically coated and the iron barrel-shaped coil. And thinking it out logistically, if, because I, I suspected there was an interaction there which helps the circuit function because those plates are in the interior of the barrel coil, not on the exterior where the magnetic field is most intense on the interior. So I'm beginning to suspect that the coil being that the iron coil, the, the, the reason for the need for an iron coil, more important than anything else I've stated in the past, in past recordings, is to receive what the dielectric aluminum sheets are putting out. So they are transmitting dielectric force, which is very efficient, as opposed to the Hertzian uh, uh, TEM, uh, what's it called? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> Um, I forget the name of the waveform. Well, you know, the ripple on the pond that's not really moving. It's just the wave is moving up and down, and it's a pattern that looks like it's moving to the side. Trans, not transdermal, that's the skin. Transverse. Transverse electromagnetics. So that's the Hertzian that Tesla railed against, blah, blah, blah. And yet, that would be useless. So it's the longitudinal magnetodielectric that the dielect that the... Aluminum plates, possibly coated with a dielectric, are transmitting to the iron coil, and the iron coil receives it. See, I used to think the coil was the transmitter, but, you know, in a di with your criticisms, helping me think critically about the operation of what I'm speculating was the actual circuit that Amon used, I can see that iron coil cannot transmit but it is perfect for reception because it's going to translate the longitudinal um, dielectric force, magnetodielectric force, into something that's practical, namely a magnetic field and hence current. 
It's not just the resistance of the iron coil that's useful in that regard, but it's the fact that it's iron. <clears throat> and the fact that he put iron rebar adjacent to it, which tells me that when that he strapped his power station on the front end of his vehicle, he's also making use of the iron chassis, the iron inside the chassis. And I always suspected that. And it made sense due to the rebar usage demonstration that he gave in front of Eiselstein's face. <laughs> he presents. Um, but in thinking through thematically or conceptually what is happening, it starts to make sense that the coil is the receiver. So the flow of energy is going only one way. That's a diodic restriction right there. And any use of a diode helps increase surges, the, the peaks of surges, uh, piling up the energy into pulses, accentuating whatever waveform is taking place. <laughs> I have no idea. And the frequency thereof, it's, it just intensifies the amplitude and, and makes for a very effective transmittance, transmission. Um, even though he's making use of copper house wiring and copper um, exterior uh, transmission lines, still, um, it may not be useful, though. That's the trick, see. So the customers who had their energy blackout were overwhelmed. Their the power um, placed on the grid by the people who managed the grid. That power was overwhelmed by his power source, up to ten miles uh, from his car. And given a dominant waveform characteristic that uh, the customers could not use, and so their power, they said, blacked out. And he was erroneously charged with arrest, uh, or he was arrested and erroneously charged with theft because they lost their power, so he must have taken it, which would be the shortcut way to analyze the situation. But of course, we know because of phase, when phase, uh, phases between amps and volts gets out of whack, the power is still there, you just can't use it. And so you throw in a waveform that is not sinusoidal, and God knows uh, what, what's going on. It's something the customer could not use because he did not have the iron coils to translate it. See, that was what's missing. We, we have a dominant copper-based transmission line wiring scheme, both out external to the residential buildings and, and business buildings and internal, uh, partly largely due to J.P. Morgan and his battle over Wartoncliffe with uh, Tesla maintaining that uh, prerogative of um, executive order <laughs> to maintain things the way they are, that all transmission has to be done in copper and all coils have to be wound in copper. And that blocks us from peering into the, this mystery in which iron plays a very large role. Somehow or another, I, I'm... I made a whole long list of speculative bullet points by now, and this one's the latest. It has to do with the reception of what he's transmitting dial in the dielectric field, and it has to be um, translated. So apparently any coil will pick it up, but only an iron coil and, and uh, associated or magnetically coupled to extra iron, such as iron rebar, which has a surface area. It's not the mass of the iron that uh, rebar that matters. It, unlike copper <laughs> coils, it's the surface area because you've got to get a capacitive relationship with the environment at the very least or other <laughs> uh, conductive uh, substances nearby such as anything, air, whatever. Um, 
and also the shape, the geometry, um, does, is it, does it produce an inductive field? Well, it's going to produce an inductive field regardless of the shape, but uh, the shape matters because that'll increase it. So it's those two things that matter when it comes to additional mass of iron. It's That quote from William Lyne is incomplete. Tesla didn't put all the facts on the table when he said for every 200 pounds of iron added to a special generator, one horsepower was increased at the output. There was that phrase, dangling phrase, left out that it's the surface area of the iron that matters and that it's iron, but it, it's the surface area and the geometry of that iron. Does it, is it conducive for creating um, inductance? Okay, so this helps clarify a few points and I get to feed off of your criticisms, which is very vital to make it a discussion rather than a monologue all the time, um, and to put good use to your criticisms um, so that they don't go to waste from my end and also your end trying to make sense of what I'm blabbling about so that at least I can be included in the conversation and not sound like I'm just, you know, not relevant to the discussion. I'm trying to be relevant to the discussion, <laughs> collectively speaking, to integrate our perspectives so that it makes sense. Because that's more important to me than actual electrodynamic theory. There's always integration between pro camps and con camps to bring them together because I found from experience, a lifetime of experience, usually there's a grain of truth to one degree or another on both sides of the fence. And it's really a question of taking a bird's eye view at the entire argument and, and debate to try to see where's the truth, where's the falsehood, at least insofar as finding the linkages among them. And at least, you know, piecemeal at a time, one piece at a time, find out how the argument is not an argument. It's really... Um, two different ways of looking at the same eagle's eye point of view.